0: My name is Chad Hoover. My name is Brandon Overstreet. My name is Russell Gillen. My name is Alfonso Jack. My name is Lisa Bennett. I'm Jack Snore. Cody Prater here. My name is Matt Ball. My name is Johnny Carter. My name is Luke Stocking. My name is Jeff Jones. I'm Brian My name is Jeff Hodge. My name is Kevin Franklin. My name is Jamie Clancy. My name is Ronnie Ellaby. My name is Randy Howell, and you're listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Faith in Fishing Podcast, where we bring you the stories of how God is working in and through fishermen from all around the fishing community. I'm your host, Cam, and we've got a lot to talk about this episode, including learn from my mistake, talking about Savior retrofitting, uh, product spotlight shining on a particular soft plastic that has been huge for me this season, and um, but before we jump into that, I definitely want to take the time to thank you for listening. Uh, also to thank our show sponsors, uh, Save Your Outdoors, Get Outdoors, Pedal and Paddle, and Jade's Jigs. Um, all of these businesses are amazing and uh, they really treat the show well, so we were very thankful to have them. Um, I also wanted to make sure that you got a chance to listen to the Bass Fishing for Noobs podcast, uh, which is over on the Paddle and Fin podcast uh, network last week. Um... Y'all may remember when I had Sean Lavery, uh, the host of Bass Fishing for Noobs, on Faith in Fishing. Uh, well, I got the chance to be on his show last week. Um, it aired on Labor Day, and we had a pretty awesome conversation on bank fishing those small but crowded public park ponds. And I go over the lures I bring, my typical setup, and some little nuggets of and uh, tips that I've I've learned for those uh, those times where public park ponds are the only water available to you, or um, you just have a short amount of time that you want to uh, just run to the pond and fish for a little bit um, so be sure to give that a listen uh, if you haven't already um, there will even be a discount for you uh, to the Faith and Fish and Merch store uh, so go check that out before uh, that expires if you're listening to this on the Tuesday it comes out that means you have less than a week before that code expires so make sure you go listen alright before we get the episode kicked off as i am recording this intro um, it is september 11th and i'm reminded of that day um i can't believe it was 20 years ago when i was sitting in my eighth grade english class and my teacher's phone rang uh, that day was completely different than anything i had experienced prior um, or since those of us who were not picked up from school in a frantic panic rush uh, went from class to class watching the news um, we found out Uh, and turn on the TV uh, in time uh, to watch the second plane hit um, and watched and listened as the world changed around us. Um, I remember when the first tower fell I looked to the guy sitting next to me and said "Uh, we just watched thousands of people die and it was the first time I can truly say that my heart broke for complete strangers. Um, I also remember after that um, churches being filled to the brim As united of an America as I've seen in my lifetime um, and Christianity becoming mainstream and the popular choice for the next five years or so Um, I say that because as I sit here and look at Facebook and the other platforms reading the hate and the us versus them comments and this the most divided America I've seen in my lifetime my heart breaks again because I remember Uh, how I wish that we didn't need a common enemy or a tragedy costing thousands of lives to unite us and to help us treat each other like human beings again. Um, But this day will always be a reminder to me just how quickly things can change, uh, how God can bring about good from a tragedy, and uh, to treat every day like the precious gift it is. Um, So we are going to jump into learn from my mistake now, uh, but I just want to encourage you before we do to thank a first responder these are the men and women who are running towards the danger into the smoke and and towards the screaming uh, so let's give them some love Learn from my mistake. all right if you weren't ready for a somber introduction that's okay i wasn't either Uh, But let's talk about putting on the Retrofit Savior rod retrieval devices. Um, So first thing, follow the directions, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Let me tell you about my mistake. Um, So I used the homemade PVC rod holders on my kayak uh, for a while before I started using the Yak Attack Omega rod holders in my black pack. Um, And, well, they were a little tight, um, especially when I was trolling. Um, and I was out trolling one day, and I had trouble getting my rod, uh, my rod out of my rod holder when I got a hit. Um, after wrestling with it for a, for a little bit, I heard a crack and a thud. My rod came out, um, but the Savior device wasn't there. Um, it had fallen through the rod holder onto my kayak. I thought well this isn't supposed to happen so I reached out to Corey. Um, he is the owner of Savior Outdoors and if you didn't catch the episode where we talked to him make sure you go check that one out um, but I asked him what kind of epoxy to use to get it back on um, it turns out any kind of quick set epoxy will work uh, but after a little conversation and a few questions from Corey, we found out what my problem was um, so when you get a Savior it comes with instructions on these instructions, it says that if the Savior doesn't fit snugly onto the rod blank, I have to use masking tape to build, uh, to build the bulk of the blank until it fits. Um, masking tape. Did you hear that? Masking tape. Well, when I was putting on this particular Savior, um, I was looking around and couldn't find any masking tape. What I did find was painter's tape. I thought, well, these are basically the same thing, and I used it. I was wrong. Uh, what I ended up finding out, uh, what I ended up finding out the hard way, was that painters tape has this waxy type substance in it or on it um, to make it easier to peel off the wall and to keep it from uh, leaving a residue. Um, that substance also keeps something like an epoxy from bonding to it. Uh, so I ended up correcting that mistake. And now, that, uh, and now that savior is on and is as solid as a rock. Um, so learn from my mistake and follow the directions and don't use painters tape when you're attaching your savior. Um, and when you do go and buy your savior, make sure you use promo code FNFP15 and you will get a little bit of money, uh, save a little bit of money there. Um, so yeah. Please don't laugh at me too hard on that one, Uh, but let's turn those spotlights on and let's talk about a particular soft plastic that I have learned to love. Savior Outdoors means peace of mind out on the water. Savior makes retrieval devices for fishing rods, bow fishing bows, action cams, and more, so when you drop your gear in the water, you can get it back, meaning that you don't have to panic when your gear goes in the drink. Check out saviouroutdoors.com, that's S A V U R outdoors.com, to learn more and to try them for yourselves. And since you're a Faith in Fishing listener, you'll get 15% off of your purchase whenever you use promo code FNFP15. I had never heard of Stanford Baits until I walked into Outhouse Tackle. Uh, which is my local tackle shop here in Raleigh for the first time. Um, They had them here and uh, they had them there and they had something called the Big Show Kicker Tail Worm uh, which is made by uh, Stanford Bates and this is a slim straight worm with uh, two pull apart fins for a tail uh, that are kind of similar uh, to the fins on a Rage Menace. I love the shaky head so I grabbed a couple packs uh, which they're really affordable um, at $3.99 for a 10 pack. Uh, It's an 8 pack if you're getting the 9 inch version and I tried them out. Um, The action on these things is amazing. Um, On the shaky head or Nico rig these things are killer. Um, They also look great on a Texas rig. Uh, They come in a a 5.5 inch, a 7 inch, and a 9 inch version. And they come in a variety of colors. Now I can't believe I'm going to say this on air, uh, but there is one other area where these things really shine. Uh, I've kept it under wraps all year, uh, but I love y'all, so I'm going to share some juice. The 5.5 inch version is the best chatterbait trailer I have ever used. Um, They really shine with that erratic action and they don't impede the action of the chatterbait like some trailers do, I think it might actually uh, enhance the action. Um, The only thing that they don't have that I really wish they did is a white or silver or even chartreuse color option. Um, Which means that if you have a a shad colored chatterbait, uh, there will not be a matching one for you. Um, But if you're throwing black and blue, green pumpkin, or even fire crawl, they've got you covered. Um, So don't overlook these worms the next time you see them. Um, they are uh, like I said they have been uh, they have been huge for me this season Uh, so I'll leave links to the show notes um, as well Uh, and so I'll leave links in the show notes Um, if you can't get over to outhouse tackle to get your hands on some uh, check out those links Jade's jigs based out of southwest Missouri make finesse jigs without the lead Jade's Jigs are made with an eco-friendly tin bismuth alloy that weighs less than lead, meaning you can get the same water displacement and profile size with less weight on your finesse presentation for the fish to feel. Jade's Jigs offers a variety of styles including Ned Heads, Finesse EWG Heads, and Skirted Finesse Jigs, and they are ready to ship so you get the custom quality without the custom weight. If all of that wasn't enough, they flat out catch fish. Head on over to jadesjigs.com, that's J-A-D-E-S-J-I-G-S.com, to see what they have to offer. And since you are a Faith and Fish and Listener, you can use promo code FNF10 to save 10% on your order. All right, it is time to get this episode's guest introduced. And I just realized I didn't tease him at the beginning of the episode, but that's okay. His name is in the title of the episode, so you already know who it is. Uh, from all the way on the other side of the country in SoCal, uh, killing it in the current, killing it in the tournament scene, and always keeping his thumbs ripped, Mister Shane Lamont of Bass Thumbs Fishing. Shane, man, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, dude. I really appreciate it, man. I'm I'm uh, excited to be here.
1: Absolutely, man. So, to get us started, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and tell, give us the answer to who Shane Lamont is.
0: All right. Well. Well, my name's Shane Lamont. I'm uh, 30 years old. I was born and raised in Southern California, and uh, I love to fish. I love God, and I got a beautiful wife, Kristen, and a little son named Oliver. He's two and a half, and he's uh, his love for fishing is growing every day. That's awesome. And I couldn't I couldn't be more blessed, man. I get you know I got a got a good job in construction. I do construction and. I get to work with my dad and my brother and, and I also fish, um, competitive, you know, kayak bass fishing tournaments and I've really, have really just dived into that whole scene this last two years and it's been nothing but, you know, fun and it's gave, you know, a little bit of purpose in my coming into my thirties. I got a little, <laughs> I got a little bit of, a little bit of purpose, a little bit of, a little bit more reason to wake up in the morning too to, you know, figure out these green fish and it's been, it's been fun man
1: awesome so what was it that got you into fishing man
0: so when i was probably like nine or ten years old a family friend of mine his name was dean and dean was like the fisherman that i just knew growing up um i played baseball with his son and i would just see him and his son and hear about these stories of them going trout fishing and one time I went with him, dude, and I saw Dean get there super early in the morning and he was all rigged up and he had all these little mini jigs and all these little trout gear and he was all just organized and ready to go. And I kind of just watched him and we ended up catching like 30, 40 trout that day. And it was just like one of those moments where I was like, man, I really, really like this. And and then from there, I kind of got into a, a float tube and I started to, um, you know, fish out of a float tube for bass at a local lake by me and my love for fishing just continued to grow and one thing kind of led to another and a couple years into my float tube fishing about 17 years old 18 years old I want to say me and my buddies we started an Instagram account called Bass Thumbs Fishing because after every time we got off the water we all bragged about our thumbs being all ripped up from the fish you know and So I started that Instagram account and had a little, little motto added to it, keep your thumbs ripped. And dude, just over, over the course of that first year when we first got the account, it just started to grow naturally. I think the name just really, uh, related with a lot of people that fished. And, um, I kind of turned into a reshare page for a little bit and I was resharing a bunch of photos and kind of doing some memes and stuff. And, and then it grew to like seven, eight thousand followers and, and that kind of motivated me too to get out there and fish more and 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 continue to fish in my float tube dude and then and now we're here in this kayak scene about nine years later i fished in my float tube for about nine years
1: absolutely so um i want to talk about float tube fishing for just a second because okay um that's not something you hear about here in North Carolina very much, and like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet not.
1: What what I picture whenever I hear float tube um, fishing is like floating down a river on an inner tube with a rod and reel. Um, yeah,
0: and it's it's close to that.
1: So so what does that look like?
0: So, basically, I had a Fish Cat Four float tube, and you can get them at Bass Pro Shops. They're about two hundred bucks, and they're like a big like big massive inner tube that you kind of sit in and the it's kind of opened in front of you so there's nothing in front of you but there's two pontoons on each side of you and you're basically sitting in the water basically belly button deep in the water and everything from your belly button to up is out of the water and me and my friends did be like rig these PVC pipes like around our float tube and we put like we built like these little rod tube holders and like little storage things on our float tubes and we had our GoPro mount on there too and That's kind of when I first started doing YouTube as well. Um, was on my float tube and it's just so fun, man. You just get to get into those. A lot of people brag about, you know, how, how far kayaks can go into that really crazy stuff. Bro, a float tube, you can go anywhere. Like you can go and get into any type of water, any skinny, you know, crazy kind of water that you can find. And, uh, it's just, it's just, it's a lot of fun, dude. It's just hard to cover water but it kind of teaches you to pick apart an area, you know, more than you would because you can't really move that fast. So it kind of really teaches you to pick apart whatever right. area you're fishing, you know? So,
1: so how is it that you, how is it that you control where you're going?
0: So you wear fins, um, and maybe waders. Sometimes I would just wear like trunks and a life jacket and, and my fins. So but, like uh, a
1: scuba diving fins?
0: Yeah okay yep, exactly and you basically kick yourself backwards so you're always facing away from where you're kicking if that makes sense right does that make sense
1: yeah that that makes sense that's, yeah. that's really interesting i
0: yeah
1: huh it's just not something i've i've ever <laughs> ever even considered doing so it's it's interesting to yeah. hear about
0: yeah it's super fun dude um and that's just how I got started. You know, I didn't have money for a bass boat or even you know, kayak fishing wasn't really a thing like eight or nine years ago, at least where I was at, and it was just how I got on the water and off the shore, you know?
1: Absolutely. So um talking about bass thumbs a little bit, how was it that uh how was it that the Instagram page ended up sparking a a podcast?
0: So maybe But basically, like the main reason why me and my buddy Alex Cox wanted to start one was that we kind of noticed that there was a little bit of not not really neglect, but like there wasn't really much light being shed out here on the West Coast in the kayak scene, specifically. You know, you always you saw a lot of the East Coast, like mid Midwest, mid East guys getting on the podcast, like the major podcasts, so. There was a lot going on out here and we have a lot of really good anglers out here. And, and I, and me and Alex were just like, you know what? Like, let's just maybe start our own platform. We have the Bastons page in the Instagram page, which has at, the, at that time it was around 10,000 followers. So I had a pretty good platform and I felt like it was just another cool thing to kind of add on to the whole social media of Bastones fishing. And, um, and it, it, it has really just taken off, dude. I mean, we, we try to do once a week, but, as you could probably attest to it's it's tough to keep up with it you know and i got a lot of other things like youtube and and just fishing and family and stuff going on too so we're, we're kind of like like once every other week right now but we've had a really good response and uh you know really good feedback from our listeners and and we try to do our best to keep up with the scene out here because there's a lot going on out here
1: absolutely i i love your podcast i, I it's awesome hearing how uh thanks man it's awesome hearing how different it is over there but also um yeah how how similar it is too um but uh yeah i I wonder how how much of the uh the quote-unquote neglect of west coast guys has to do with the uh with anything other than just scheduling a time difference. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, it's not really, neglect really isn't the correct term that I really want to use. It's just what came to mind at first. But like, right. we're not able to get out and fish those tournaments that most of you guys are able to fish out there because, you know, we're a minimum of, I just went to Texas this earlier this year and it took me 20 some, 24 hours just to get to the middle of Texas. So anything east of Texas is literally like not even doable um for us so i mean it's it's just it is what it is and we have a lot of exciting things coming this year in california and specifically uh we got california bass nation doing some really big events uh this year they had a big open later last year and or earlier this year sorry and my buddy alex won it and dude he won like fifteen thousand dollars. it was a massive turn and yeah it was huge man and um, it was combined with the Wild West Bass Trail kayak series as well and we got the AVA kayak series as well out here and uh... Did I lose you? No, I'm here
1: Okay Awesome, man So, um, so let's dive into your faith a little bit So Um, kind of give us your faith story in a nutshell. What is it that you believe in and how was it that you came to believe that?
0: Yeah. So I was about 15 years old, uh, when I came to know the Lord, uh, I'm a non-denominational Christian and I love Jesus and I fell in love with the Lord at 15. Uh, we had a youth group out here, um, at a local church that I got really involved in and it basically changed my life from that day forward. Uh, I was kind of going down the path of a typical teenager, like just, you know, doing some drugs and getting girls and like the whole scene of that West Coast beach kind of just vibe that's out here. And, um, you know, I found, I fell in love with Jesus and began a relationship with him. Of course, like any fake story, maybe it has its ups and its downs and some lows, but, um, for the most part, you know, I've just been in love with the Lord ever since and, Met my wife through church and now we have a beautiful son and both of our families are really involved in church and both Christians. So, uh, we're just really blessed in that whole area. We're really blessed to have our family and everyone just kind of be on the same page with our faith. And, uh, you know, there's nothing really more important to me in life than, than my relationship with Jesus for sure
1: absolutely was it whenever you were 15 was it uh something in particular that that introduced you to christ was it something that uh you kind of grew up in and and that was that was whenever you kind of got to know him more or yeah you know my,
0: my parents never really went to church like it really wasn't like a, they really weren't like the most like religious people growing up um they didn't have a really relationship with jesus either and so i didn't really see that growing up Um, We went to Easter and Christmas and stuff like that at a local church, but it was nothing really that serious, but um, around 15, dude, I just, you know, a local church, to me, this youth group started up, and it was, it kind of caught my attention, and I started to go, and then I went back next week, and I went back next week, and then ended up giving my life to the Lord there.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, it was just kind of an organic kind of thing that happened, you know, like, I just realized the life that I was living really wasn't going to Get, you know direct me in the right on the right path in the right way that i wanted to live my life and i knew that you know following God and, and having a relationship with Jesus was going to be something that would that would you know keep me straight and keep me pointing in the right direction throughout the course of my life and you know that's that's what i'm gonna that's, that's what i'm going to thats i am going to do the rest of my life you know
1: yeah for sure so where is it for you that that faith and fishing uh kind of meet and collide and uh, what, what does what does that look like for you? What's uh, how how do faith and fishing meet?
0: You know that's a, that's a really good question, and I feel like the best answer that I have right now are the relationships that I'm building with people who I would normally never meet in my life. So that's where fishing kind of creates relationships for me to to hang out with people that I wouldn't normally hang out with if I wasn't fishing so then building off of those relationships and seeing other christian men you know and being around other christian men and then also guys that aren't christian just being that example for them and trying trying to trying my best to to lead by example in my faith and maybe that opens a door for them one day to to be interested in and in knowing the lord but that's just kind of like where i would say like faith and fishing kind of meet for me is just using my platform on Bass Thumbs and using my relationships and networking um to kind of declare who I am and what I'm about, and then the relationships that i that I have that are closer to me really invest in those guys and and kind of let the Lord like use me where i you know however he wants
1: absolutely that's awesome um I have to ditto that for sure um i uh yeah um the the relationships have have been the the, the thing I will I'll say I've gotten the most out of with the the whole podcast thing, is the the friendships that I've I've kind of developed. It's it's awesome.
0: Yeah, man. for sure. Thanks, man. It's it's been a it's been a fun journey, and I'm looking forward to continuing it.
1: Absolutely. Is there is there a particular um like relationship that you have now that like you look back and it's like like. Two years ago, you you thought they were like celebrity status, and now you're like texting them and and like treating them like they're just a normal person.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I would say one that sticks out in particular is uh, Gene, a you know, fluke master. Uh, Absolutely, I was yeah, I was fortunate enough to stay at a house with him in Texas, and Greg Blanchard as well, and Jason Barafka and. You know, all based off of social media, you know, networking and connections. And we all came together in that house. And I had known Jason and Greg prior to that day, but I never had really met Gene in person. Um, I've had him on my Instagram, like doing some interviews and stuff, but it was just really cool. Cause like, you know, he's all about teaching the world how to fish and, um, just staying in the house with him and his son Jordan. And then Greg and Jason obviously at that, at that big event out in Texas you know i'm at the i'm at the Bassmasters championship kayak classic whatever you want to call it and i'm staying in the house with gene and jordan and greg and jason and i'm sure you've seen everything happen with jason barofka on on the internet and his son jt too so
1: yeah for sure it was just
0: really cool to just be a part of the house and i was basically just kind of sitting there really intentional and i do youtube and stuff and i vlog most of my stuff but i was just so like invested in like just being there and being present like the entire time and really listening to Gene and Jason, just, just having a really good time. I didn't even, I didn't even bring my camera, dude. Like it was just so, you know, it was so fun to just kind of be there in person with them and, and learn and listen and, and just we all had a really, really good time. So I would say that was definitely probably the biggest and, you know, my most favorite highlight so far of being in the kayaks scene. And then, uh, just fortunate enough to be able to you know call them friends and have them as um somebody that i can bounce stuff off of too you know so
1: absolutely that was really cool for sure um and if if any of our listeners aren't aren't familiar with what's going on um so by the time this episode airs the uh, the tournament will be over but um they can still uh donate um at uh what is it save jt.com yeah, they can um, donate any time. Yeah, so so if if any of our listeners don't know, um, I kind of let them know what's going on with uh with JT.
0: Yeah, so I met Jason um last year in August. We had a California, we had a Bass Nation Open Series, and he took fourth place, and I took fifth place, and that's where we first connected and met, and. Just super down to earth guy and really really cool. And then he told us there his story about JT. That was the first time I really heard about it. And then from there we kind of built a friendship. And then bringing him to Texas in the house, you know, we were all talking about getting on the stage and you know trying to trying to get on the stage. And we all kind of figured Jason would out of us four. Jason probably you know he's a he's a legit like bass boat pro pretty much, and he's going to be fishing the Open Series next year for bass and So he's got a lot of stuff going good for him, too, and he owns G-Funk Bait. So we just thought, like, maybe he would definitely have a chance, and he ended up getting on stage, and when he got on stage, he talked about JT, and one of the anglers that took second place, Joy McElroy, decided to donate his entire second place winnings, which I think was around $5,000 or so, to JT, and that pretty much sparked, like, a wildfire now that the whole kayak community has kind of just came together, In a really big way, there's a thousand people that have signed up for the, um, save JT event on Turney X. It's a month long tournament. Oh, it did hit a thousand? Yeah, it hit a thousand uh, yesterday, I believe. It was a $50 buy-in. So $50,000 is going to the lab to, to come up with, you know, to go towards, uh, finding a cure for JT, which is just insane. And, you know, JT, um, I believe the disease is called TPI. I could be a little bit off on that, but, it's one of the rarest diseases in the world. It's, it's a crazy disease that kind of takes over your whole body. And I got to meet JT in Texas when we were at the classic and to see the joy on his face amidst his disease, um, and see the way that Jason and his wife obviously just care for him and love him. And just, it's just such a awesome, beautiful thing amidst that, you know, amidst that crazy disease. But it's so cool to see the kayak community rally around Jason and his family and his son JT and, it's just it's just an incredible story and i'm so stoked to know him and just have a little bit of of a you know i'm just so stoked to be a part of it as a part of the whole of the kayak community you know it's it's really cool
1: absolutely all right man so um i want to make sure i get to ask you this question um because i i ask all of my guests and um it is Probably my favorite, um, my favorite question that I get to ask through the whole podcast, and it's, uh, "What fishing story or memory means the most to you?"
0: Oh man, um, let's see. You know, I I do have a lot of them. Unfortunately, my I don't have a I don't have maybe a typical story of like my dad or my grandpa fishing with me because my dad and my grandpa just don't fish. It's nothing against them or nothing right. nothing bad about it. They just they just don't. So I don't really have that kind of a story. But I'm going to say my favorite fishing memory is I had a friend um, his name was Jared and he recently um he recently passed away about 2 years ago now. And he was my best friend, man. And you know fishing was definitely you know he was the best man at my wedding like that kind of best friend like he was like a a lifelong really good friend of mine and um fishing was definitely something that we shared together and loved doing in a float tube and it's funny because before this whole kayak thing really blew up my buddy jared got one of those lifetime kayaks and i used to make fun of him for wanting to be in a kayak because i was in my float tube and he (laughs) was he was in this lifetime kayak that he got from like Walmart or something. But he, he, he was like, now I look back on it. If he would have known like, like where, where it could go now was like in the whole kayak fishing thing, he would laugh for sure. But anyways, my favorite fishing memory right now that I could tell you is the one of the, it was probably, I think it was the last time we ever fished together, man. And, and he caught his PB and I got to witness that and I got to be there with him and I still throw that same bait that he caught his PB on kind of in his honor quite a bit. It's the KVD game hog creature bait. And he caught it on just a Texas rig game hog. And, uh, but seeing him catch that fish, dude, um, that's probably, that's probably my favorite fishing memory, man. That's, that's what I'm going to tell you. So. Heck
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I have a, a fishing buddy who, who also passed away and, um, yeah, I, those times looking back, like I have a picture, um, that I, that I keep that, um, like it was one of those days where the fish just weren't biting. Um, and I couldn't find Taylor and I, I walked around, uh, back to the truck and he was asleep in the bed of the truck. Um, <laughs> and I, I love that picture, man. Um, yeah, that's
0: cool, man. That's good. It's not good, but that's, right, that's a cool right. thing, you know, to remember both of our friends by and at least we have at least we we're not saying like we wish we would have fished with them because we got to fish with them probably wish we could have fished with them more but at least we have those memories with a friend you know that was close to us and all that so
1: for sure and i'm just going to take this this quick moment just to in his in his memory and honor just to say don't text and drive um yeah but yeah man sure um Speaking of fishing buddies, whenever you're out fishing with somebody, what's your uh, what's your typical conversation centered around?
0: Hmm. You know, unfortunately for this past year, I've only really been able to fish tournaments just because of my schedule and stuff. So, which I, when I say unfortunately, it's because, you know, in tournament mode, you're like in tournament mode, you know, right. so it's, it's tough to talk and, and I guess have a good time with friends in that moment, but I would say for the most part, like when I do go out with a friend, it's, it's mostly just like, you know, having a good time and, and, and kind of highlighting each other's catches and, and just kind of figuring, figuring that day out with your friend. And it's kind of mostly centered around that. I would say for the most part, you know, just kind of enjoying being out on the water because, you know, I work. Five six days a week, so when I do get that time to go out with a buddy or a couple of friends, it's just kind of just like enjoying the moment of being out in the water.
1: Absolutely, and it's it's funny you you brought up the um the not getting a chance to do that as much because you're you're fishing the tournaments. Um, I was gonna ask uh, what uh when was the last time you got to fun fish?
0: So. The last time that I got to fun fish um, was actually just a couple weekends ago. I took my family out from shore, my wife and my son, and we smashed them in the like two hours that we were there. Both my wife and I caught like a four pounder and I nice. caught like another two pounder. And it's funny because my son loved the two pounder more than he loved the, the two bigger ones <laughs> because it was easier for him to hold it. Yeah, you know what for I mean? sure. So, uh, it was, just, it was just, that was just definitely like the last time I got the fun fish. But Saturday, I get to go out with a good friend of mine and a co-worker because part time on the side. And I forgot to share this in the beginning. Um, I work for an outfitter store called Kayak Fish Supplies and they're located in San Diego and I do. I do all their social media and marketing, and I get to go out with my coworker on Saturday for fun, and we're going to take a couple photos for the website, get some new photos on our website, kayakfishsupplies.com, and so yeah, I get to have some fun this Saturday.
1: Absolutely. What are you all going to be fishing for?
0: We're going to fish for largemouth. I hear you. That's pretty much all I fish for. I don't fish for really anything else.
1: Okay, absolutely. Yeah. All right, man. Um, well, uh, with all of my guests, I always do a, a segment. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory, uh, but it's called What's Your Favorite? So I'll ask you your favorite in a few different categories. Okay. All right, so um, what's your favorite scripture?
0: My favorite scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, through 6. Sing the Lord with all your heart.
1: Awesome. Is there something special about that one that, that that grabs you?
0: Yeah. I uh That verse, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, I feel like that verse just says everything about, about your relationship with God. And when you lean on your own understanding things and you try to figure out things on your own, it really doesn't work out most of the time. But when you trust in the Lord and you have Him, Direct you, and you pray about your decisions. Um, I feel like I feel like it all just kind of comes together.
1: Nice. And what about a what about a favorite Bible story?
0: Favorite Bible story. I mean, obviously, all of our favorite Bible stories probably uh, where Jesus dies for us <laughs> and rises again, so we have hope in him. You know,
1: yeah, but for sure. I
0: think I think my favorite story is probably the Book of Job. Uh, you know, hearing Job go through all that adversity and all the trials and all the tribulations and just everything that he faced, yet he still never, you know, he never went against the Lord and as much as he probably wanted to, he never did and God ended up blessing him like tenfold. Um, I just feel like that's a really, really good life lesson story for sure.
1: Absolutely. So what's your favorite fish to catch?
0: Large not fast, one hundred percent
1: awesome and what about your favorite fish to fish for my favorite what uh, what's your favorite fish to fish for
0: largemouth bass
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, what about your favorite fish to eat
0: favorite fish to eat is definitely uh, bluefin tuna okay. and probably salmon too. salmon's really good too but bluefin tuna for sure All and right. kind of going back on those other two questions I've yet to go out and catch a bluefin tuna and I live 30 minutes from San Diego in the ocean right here. So, which is pretty bizarre, but I've just never really had the time and the money to kind of just go out there and, and go on a serious like overnight boat or something and go catch one. That yeah, is definitely sure. on my bucket list and I definitely want to do that. And then if you were to ask me that question when I asked do that, I'd probably tell you a bluefin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I heard that So this is probably a stupid question um, But I'm going to ask I, it anyway sure. uh, what, How do you like your bluefin tuna cooked?
0: <laughs> I definitely like it raw There you right go out of, Right out of the gate dude. <laughs> Yeah I, I want to eat my first When I first catch my first bluefin I want to eat it right on the deck when it's so warm Like just I want to experience that I hear you
1: Yeah Yeah man And what about what about salmon? You like it raw, also?
0: Yeah, I like salmon raw and cooked, either one.
1: Awesome. All right. Uh, what about a what about a favorite fishing snack?
0: Fishing snack?
1: Yeah. What are you eating out on the water?
0: Mm. You know, a lot of people make fun of me for this, and they kind of just like trip out on it a little bit. But most of the time, when I fish, Unless I, unless when I'm fun fishing, I might bring a snack out and I don't even know what I would bring out. But in tournaments and stuff, dude, I literally like black out and I am just like casting every second I get. So I, I literally can't answer that question. I don't have a favorite snack, but I guess if I were to say like one thing, it would probably be like just, I don't know, Cheetos, some (laughs) chips, but dude i literally don't eat anything like on the water like if i bring a bar or something with me like it doesn't even get touched just because i'm so like i don't know i kind of black out on the water
1: i drink water though that's me and that that's me and i don't i don't tournament fish like it's just (laughs) like i get so caught up in it like i have to yeah i
0: just forget about everything like that's for me yeah
1: i have to force myself (laughs) to remember to drink water (laughs) 100%.
0: 100%.
1: Like, um, like if and, I,
0: if I sit down to make a run or something, I'm like, okay, I, oh yeah, I need to drink some water. Yeah. Even though it's been like four hours since I drink water.
1: Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of shaky. I, I don't know what's wrong. And I look over and it's like my, my water <laughs> yeah. bottles full it's yeah, three yeah. hours in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so recently I started, um, I started using the seat back cooler, uh, from perception, Uh, that attaches to the back of my seat and before that I had the the cooler a little bit further back and um, now I actually do uh, drink my water because it's right there and easy to get to yeah Um, so
0: can you actually send me a link to what you just talked about because I've been looking for something like that Can can you shoot me one of those
1: yeah absolutely
0: okay cool that's cool
1: yeah for sure um, and I won't ask for any GPS coordinates or secret spots or anything. But what's your favorite body of water to fish on?
0: Oh man, uh, I would have to say Clear Lake. Clear Lake is definitely just definitely a bucket list place for probably most people. Oh it's yeah, literally, it was literally ranked by Bass last year. I think like one or two, and it's just literally a dream fishery. They call it a Bass Factory for a reason. Um, it's It's definitely got everything you could ever want in a bass fishery, and it's incredible. So definitely Clear Lake. And I must say, too, I did get a chance to go fish Gunnersville last year in October, and Gunnersville was incredible, like, awesome. Like, everything I thought it would be, and I was catching fish on a chatterbait and a frog, and it was just, like, insane. So Gunnersville's right there, too.
1: So how different are those fisheries?
0: You know, not not that much different because Clear Lake is really shallow. Um, I would say the only really big difference is that Gunnersville is like a river system, so it has ledges and stuff. Okay. And we don't have ledges like that out here. Um you know, like really true defined ledges. We don't really have that out here. So I would say that was the big difference. But it has Clear Lake has a ton of grass. Uh Gunnersville has like ten times hold the amount of grass, but pretty similar though, I would say cause Clear Lake has docks. Gunnersville has docks. I like Gunnersville's docks more because of the they have like those long walkouts with all those, you know, wooden pillars for the walkouts in the water. Right. So which is just awesome to flip and throw a chatterbait right underneath that. And uh but yeah, pretty kind of similar.
1: Okay, it, it's interesting. You said Clear Clear Lake was a was a shallow lake. I I've always assumed it was a it was a really deep reservoir.
0: No, dude, like the max depth out in Clear Lake, like max is around forty feet, which isn't that deep for us. Like it might be deep for some people, but it's I would say that it's not that deep because like right now it's it, the water level is really low, and I bet the water I bet the deepest part of the lake is around thirty feet. Because it's a natural lake. It's actually the, it's actually the oldest. I could be wrong on this, so whoever's Google searching this right after I say this or not, (laughs) don't take me for the 100% truth on this. But from what I understand, Clear Lake is the oldest lake, like known, like the oldest lake in the, in America. And it's, it's, it has like volcanic rock underneath you. Like the rock isn't like a typical rock. It's like volcanic rock.
1: That's awesome,
0: yeah. It's super cool, dude. Huh?
1: It's it's funny you say that. Forty feet is is definitely deep to me. What what is deep to you?
0: Deep to me, dude. Our reservoirs out here go to like one hundred and twenty feet, dude. <laughs> That's crazy. Castaic Lake, you may have heard of that before. Castaic is like two hundred feet deep.
1: That is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, most of the time, I'm like, wow, this water is 15 feet deep. This is deep.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's why out here in SoCal, we throw a drop shot religiously because that's.
1: Yeah, it makes sense now. <laughs> yeah.
0: The water's clear and deep, and you got to drop down on them most of the time.
1: Awesome. So. Oh, so what is it that, uh, I've been meaning to ask someone from, from that area. What is it that makes, uh, that makes like big swim baits and glide baits so popular out in that area?
0: Dude, you know what? I'm probably the worst person to ask that question (laughs) because I don't throw it because I haven't gone down that rabbit hole yet. But the one thing I can tell you, you can definitely catch a 15 plus pounder if you dedicate yourself to throwing a swim bait out here. So that's why people do it
1: i i I get it,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why people do it, so we have giant, giant largemouth that eat eight inch trout swim baits and ten inch swimbaits, baits, so you gotta dedicate to it, it's not easy, but you will you will hook up to one eventually if you throw it enough.
1: I hear you that's that's kind of my answer to whenever people ask why I spend time fishing with corn because you got a chance <laughs> of a forty pound carp. yeah, there you go. All right, man. So, um, again, I don't want to uh, ask you too many secrets, but what's your favorite lure to throw?
0: So I'm going to say two. I have to say two. Are you going to make me say one?
1: No, you can say two. I can say two? Yeah, go for it.
0: Okay, so I throw the Nico rig, and I throw the Chatterbait. Those are my two favorite.
1: Okay. And I'm assuming whenever you say Chatterbait at this point, you're talking Jackhammer.
0: Absolutely. There's nothing else I'll buy. I tried <laughs> the Thunder Thundercricket. Other made Nothing compares.
1: I hear you. Um, so, so, whenever you are fishing the Nico rig, um, do you do you hook the bait in line with the with the bait like through an O-ring, or do you hook it through the side? So I've been
0: using the I've been using the VMC crossover rings have you seen those rings
1: uh yes
0: so you could do vertical or wacky on the same ring
1: Gotcha. So
0: most of the time i do a vertical presentation but sometimes when i throw a nico cinco i'll go wacky
1: okay so whenever you are throwing a nico rig um would that would it work better in a scenario where you would typically throw a wacky rig, or where you would typically throw a uh, shaky head, mm. or neither?
0: Say that question one more time.
1: So, um, would it work better in a scenario scenario where you would typically throw a wacky rig or a ne- or a shaky head, or neither?
0: Like, what do you mean? Like, like how I present the hook?
1: Or just when you would fish it, when you would choose that bait?
0: Oh, dude, honestly, I throw the Nico rig everywhere, dude. Like, I'll throw it in rock, I'll throw it under docks, I'll throw it in grass. Because I use a weedless, uh, BMC weedless hook, and I could throw it through grass no problem. So I, I throw it everywhere.
1: <laughs> okay, absolutely.
0: Yeah. My favorite, um, worm for the Nico rig is a 7 inch MM3 Robo worm. Nice. All right. So, I have a seven-inch mm three Robo Worm, and I throw a one 8 ounce VMC mush or Moon Wacky Moon Wacky weight, and uh, that's been just absolutely dynamite for me.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I just forget. Recently,
0: just, just recently too, I I also. Having kind of venturing into the new, it's like a newer Daiwa Miko fat worm, okay, five inch worm, and I've been throwing that, and in in that worm, and then also the five inch Cinco, just a regular Cinco, um, with that BMC crossover ring, I put a one thirty second ounce uh, Wu tungsten nail weight in the head of that, okay, and I throw that pretty religiously as well
1: absolutely i hope people are taking notes um <laughs> <laughs> um so my,
0: do you want do you want me to go over my setup for it too might, um, as well. might
1: as well go for it
0: yeah so the rod that i throw is the seven foot cash and icon series spinning rod it's a seven foot medium fast spinning rod and then i throw 15 pound Seagar smackdown the high viz like that really bright green and I usually go to, my main confidence is six pound Seagar Tatsu, but I have six pound, eight pound, and 10 pound, kind of depending what, what cover I'm, I'm around. Uh, but it's all Seagar Tatsu. I, I don't, I don't throw anything else. And I know it's a little bit expensive, but I feel like your line is, should be, I feel like your number one investment because it's what connects you to the fish. So everything else is, a byproduct other than your fishing line your fishing line is the most important investment that you can make because it literally connects you to the fish so i don't want anything to go wrong with my fishing line
1: (laughs) absolutely i never thought thought about it it it. like that but yeah Yeah. all right And it's all
0: about confidence too you know whatever line you have confidence in of course but just my thought on it
1: heck yeah man um so what's your favorite time of year to fish
0: Ooh, uh, I would have to say I would have to say like May June July have just been really really good to me but then again we're, we're in California so we can fish 12 months out of the year no problem it slows down in December a little bit but you can still catch them so I mean, it's it's tough for me to say that because I fish literally all year round. Right, right. Like literally every I could fish every weekend. So, but if I had to pick one, it'd be May, June, July, like kind of spawn, post spawn, summer. Would probably be my favorite. And it's tough too because I really like the fall bite, you know, when they're on the shad and on the, on a reaction bite as well. So, kind of a mixture of like that summer, early fall.
1: Isn't it like a hundred and fifteen degrees there?
0: Uh so I'm in Southern California, so we get we get sometimes in the hundred degree range, but most of the time we're like in that most of the time we're in that like seventy six to like eighty five is like a majority of it. But the really hot summers probably get ninety five, ninety nine somewhere in there, yeah. You know? But we don't have any humidity either. So
1: <laughs> it sounds so horrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one good thing about California: <laughs> <is> the weather.
1: <laughs> Man, I can't. I I can't fathom what no humidity feels like.
0: Yeah. It, I, well, I went to Texas, and I, when I was fishing in Texas, when I got off the water, I was literally like, because I told you I don't eat, so I don't eat. I'm in like ninety percent humidity or whatever it is, just insane humidity, and I'm literally like, get off the water, like I'm like a brain dead, like mutant, like I I can't even move. I just want something cold, and I want to eat whatever the first thing I can grab, put my hands on, dude. Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, I get (laughs) get used to it for sure, but at the same time, it's also kind of a cool thing because it's like a, it's like a, it's like you're cleansing yourself all the time. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I joke with people that uh, you gotta you gotta take your scupper scupper plugs out, otherwise you're gonna sink your boat with your sweat.
0: Dude, so that's <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth for sure.
1: All right, man. Well, we are gonna start wrapping things up. Um, so, if Sounds you beat. would. Um, let us know what you've got coming up next for, for Shane Lamont and for uh, Bass Thumbs Fishing.
0: All right. Well, uh, just recently, um, I, got a, I got my first live event win uh, in the ABA Kayak Series. So that was really cool and awesome. So I would say next for me uh, is trying to get that next win now. But also, we got a TOC event coming up for the ABA Kayak Series and I'm really excited about that. Hobie is the title sponsor of the ABA, and first place gets a Hobie PA 14 360. Wow! And that event is happening. Yeah, that event is happening next weekend, and I'm just stoked on on I'm stoked on it. And it's gonna be a really good time. We're gonna be at Lake Kachuma, which is like a Highland Reservoir um in Santa Barbara, in the Santa Barbara area. So they have like large mouth and they have a little bit of small mouth so it should be a really good time it's a two-day event and uh one objective sponsors that aba kayak series as well awesome um they they sponsor our trophies and stuff too so it's just a really cool thing happening out here and that's kind of next for me it's actually next weekend and then uh kind of farther plans i have another toc event with a local club socal kayak anglers uh coming in september and then after that, my plan is to go to the KBF National Championship. Uh, I went to the Challenge Series Championship last year because it was my first year in KBF, and I took 13th in the Challenge Series. So this year at the National Championship, my goal is top 10, and I'm just gonna go out there and have a have a good time in Louisiana, hopefully, and definitely be throwing the chatterbait and the frog. So Heck we'll see yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. But that's kind of my next next big things coming up so
1: awesome and I'm I want to give you a open floor for any sponsors uh, supporters shout outs um, anybody want to say thank you to give shout outs to all that good stuff
0: cool man well uh, the first company I want to thank is uh motor guide they've, they've supported me since since day one about two or three years ago and uh, I run their x i3 kayak GPS motor and I know the Word game changer gets thrown around a lot very loosely, but it's definitely helps you out there to stay on the spot and takes my boat about four and a half miles an hour. And it's just definitely a really good tool for me out there to get as many casts in as possible instead of, instead of working to position my kayak. So that's, they've been really good and a really big support. And also bonafide kayaks, a great platform to fish off of. I definitely love, I have a one, an SS 127. Uh, it's powered by Dakota Lithium, I have a 100 amp, and a 23 amp, powering my fish finders, and an 18 amp, um, powering my active target, I just put the Lawrence active target on my boat as well, um, Nines Optics, great sunglass company, kayak fish supplies, they're an outfitter that I work for, and uh, they rig any boat, they're your one-stop shop for all your kayaking needs, and they ship anywhere in the U.S., so if you want to xi 3 on your boat or anything rigged up on your new boat that you buy from them, they'll rig it and ship it to your door, plug and play. And then my newest nice. sponsors are Cash and Fishing Rods. They're phenomenal rod and they're a Christian based company. So definitely give them a check, or definitely check them out. Uh, they make super high quality rods right here in the US. And then last but not least, uh, Aussie Concept Trailers. Uh, they're a brand new sponsor of mine. I got their trailer coming uh, this week it's a folding kayak trailer and it's all stainless steel and it's definitely uh, I'm really looking forward to that to getting that trailer it's super lightweight and like I said it folds up so it stores really easily in your garage so um, definitely shout out to all those companies I'm really thankful and blessed to have their support and if you guys want to follow me on Instagram I got my Instagram is Fishing, and my YouTube as well Bastons Fishing and we also have a podcast fast on fishing so uh that's about it man i awesome. appreciate your time dude thank
1: absolutely you. well uh, shane thank you so much for coming on the show i really enjoyed it i uh, really had a blast man
0: yeah me too ken i really appreciate it
1: Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle in Greensboro, North Carolina offers a huge variety of kayaks, kayak accessories, stand-up paddle boards, and bikes and biking accessories from all your favorite brands like Yak Attack, Bonafide, NRS, Bending Branches, Kayak Cushion, Perception, Native, and many more get outdoors offers demo days rentals repair and outfitting expert rack installation as well as courses to get you comfortable in your new boat check them out at shopgetoutdoors.com, or stop by the shop and tell them faith and fishing sent you thank you again to shane for coming on the show sharing his faith and even sharing some juice with us there at the end talking about the nico rig um again check out that big show kicker tail worm um Uh, which would be great on that Nico rig. Um, And you can do that with the links in the show notes or head on over to Outhouse Tackle here in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina uh, to grab you some packs. Um, And I will leave those links in the show notes along with all of the uh, links to Shane's platforms. Uh, All things faith in fishing. That episode of the Bass Fishing for Noobs with Sean Lavery and myself. Save your outdoors. Remember, no painter's tape, y'all. Uh, get Outdoors, Paddle and Paddle, and Jay's Jigs. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all again for listening. Y'all take care, and God bless. Thank y'all for listening to the Faith and Fishing podcast. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoy the show. And follow the show on Instagram at Pod or at facebook.com slash faithandfishing. Be sure to reach out to one of the amazing pastors in your community if you have questions about faith. And make sure you join the Faith and Fission community on Facebook. Special thanks goes to Tyler Worrell, the graphic designer behind the Faith and Fission logo. The Faith and Fission podcast is produced by Cam Steele, and the music for the show is written, recorded, and performed by Jonathan Influenzi and Cam Steele. Thanks again for listening. Y'all take care, and God bless.